Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome, listeners, to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast, where we're always talking everything college hoops and a couple of other items along the way. Thanks to Blog Talk Radio for powering us up. Thank you to Bell Jar for our intro and outro music, and thanks for tuning in and carving out some time. So thank you, listeners out there. We just wanted to give another thank you to all of our guests that we've had on the podcast over the past 10 days or so. We just wanted to give an ahoy and, a, and an honest thank you. Thank you, Coach Davis from Middle Tennessee. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. If you didn't enjoy that conversation, I'm not exactly sure what you're paying attention to. As a college basketball fan, Coach Davis is fantastic. Thank you, Coach Becker. I think you heard in his voice why Vermont is so successful. Go Catamounts. Thank you, Coach Becker, for joining us on the podcast past week or so. want to say a nice thank you as well to Yahoo Noise at Yahoo Noise. Brad Evans was kind enough to join Mike, and it seemed like they were brothers from another mother and got along swimmingly. Uh, Brad was fantastic, unbelievably kind, unbelievably insightful as well. And we also want to say a thank you to John Gassaway from ESPN. If you're following uh, any sort of bubble watch situation, I think you need to be dialed in to anything that he puts out via ESPN or ESPN Insider. He is the reason to subscribe to that service. So we just want to say thank you to all of our guests out there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And listeners, we hope that you're enjoying the type of content and the type of of college basketball knowledge that we're bringing your. If you really like what you're listening to, you know, like some of those items that we said, uh, you know, give the give the pod a list, uh, give the pod a follow on Twitter at SDS Podcast. Efficiency of keystrokes, of course, on Twitter. Uh, you're looking to get a little screen the screener in print. Please hit up Mike's site, RandallRant.com. Does an unbelievable job. Hit up his short corner where it's very informative and very entertaining at the same time. Be careful with that deep deep dive into Mike Randall's mind. Of course, give Mike a follow at Randall Rant. Dude is entertaining and insightful and education. And uh, look, if you really liked, enjoyed, like definitely keyed into some of the guests that we had on the podcast this past 10 days or so, please, we would totally appreciate if you gave us a five-star review super kind uh, response on Apple iTunes and podcasts. Uh, Mike and I really use that as motivation and it totally helps us with any sort of metrics and rankings that uh, Apple might use. So thank you for for pumping us up there. Um, So if you really like what you're listening to, thank us that way. That'd be really cool. Uh, And if you're looking to get in touch with the uh, show via email, scspodcast.gmail.com. Pretty simple stuff. So we're giving you a lot of ways to interact. We like interacting with you guys and, uh, you know, catching your feel on on, on what we think is is uh, happening on our college basketball landscape. And uh, listeners, guess what? You're lucky. It's time for the Mid-Major Podcast with Gus. Gus going solo on you here. And we're going to give you a quick rundown of what's been happening on the Mid-Major landscape as far as, uh, I don't know, conference tournaments are starting. Atlantic Sun has their bracket out. Florida Gulf Coast, number one seed. It's totally exciting. Are you kidding me? We got the closing weekend on a couple of other uh, conferences. And then we've had some big showdowns this past week to decide, you know, first place or or rankings in the in, in, in the uh, 
in the, in the conference tournaments and, and home court advantage. And man, we're getting there. Now, listeners, listen. Uh, we'll get to some FBI investigation stuff. I have that later up in this particular podcast. Uh, I have a couple thoughts. Mike and I, of course, will expand upon those thoughts uh, early in the week uh, for the upcoming week. So please don't miss that stuff. We we have a couple things planned. Um, I'll give you my two cents on it, and then we'll expand on it from there. But uh, how about we get rolling on the mid-major podcast? What do you think? Want to hit up a little Big West? Big West is, is, is kind of fishy out there, right? We'll start with UC Davis at UC Santa Barbara. Man, Santa Barbara drops the game to UC Davis, ends Santa Barbara's eight-game winning streak. TJ Shorts the second, 20 points, six assists. First home loss for UC Santa Barbara this season. The question that I have is, like, how is UC Davis doing this minus uh, Monica, who, you know, we talked about with uh, Mina Fader, uh, Mira Fader uh, beginning of the season, that he might be the preseason player of the year in the conference. So totally baffling how Davis is, is UC Davis is doing this without their best player, quote-unquote. And then later on in the week, UC Irvine absolutely beats up UC Santa Barbara. Max Hazard goes for four threes, 16 points. And the Anteaters have won seven of eight. And holy smokes, don't look now. They are 10 and 4 in conference, 15 and 15 overall, and have taken sole possession of first place in the Big West. Totally unpredictable. Love that these small conferences have some juice going into their final weekend of play, and then their conference tournaments will create that much more urgency. Love that uh, UC Irvine has kind of snuck up in these standings. And I don't know, you, you, you know we've championed that. Um, uh, Max Haydinger for, for Santa Barbara has been one of the best players in the league all season, but he just totally wasn't efficient, um, you know, needing a ton of shots to get the double digits in this game against Irvine. So Irvine really Ding up. They might be a team to pay attention to in March if they get that automatic bid. But I'll tell you what, this big West tournament going to be crazy because we've had a whole bunch of winning streaks, a whole bunch of trading at the top of the rankings here. Whew. Look out. How about in the Mac? The Mac. We had Ryder and Canisius face off, and Ryder actually gets the win, 83-82. That put Ryder at 14-2 in conference, and Canisius at 13-3 in conference. Uh, Demencio Vaughn had 22 for the Broncos, and you thought, like, okay, Ryder's kind of in control, right? Nope. Then, later on in the week, Ryder falls to Monmouth, and Canisius wins at Niagara, and now they're both at 14-3 with Games on Sunday to decide who's going to win the regular season MAC tournament. So, again, every conference is live. I love that we have this much volatility and this much elusiveness amongst all of these mid-majors. So, Ryder and Canisius on the board on, on Sunday, both tied at 14-3 and three due to the later ramifications that took place in the conference later on in the week. Got to hit up the Southern Tuesday, UNCG and Woford. UNCG takes the win. Our guy, Francis Alonzo. This is like multiple mentions for Alonzo on the podcast. He continues his fine play. He had 24 points, four dimes, six threes. James Dickey with a double-double. You know, Fletcher McGee did his thing. He tried to have 20 points. More on him a little bit later. 
But UNCG is within one game of East Tennessee State. UNCG is 13-3 and in conference, 22-7 and overall, where East, uh, I'm sorry, East Tennessee State is 14-2. and So that Southern live as well. We want to see what happens this weekend with those games coming up. Hey, how about the Patriots? Navy gives Bucknell a little run for the money, but Bucknell pulls away. Zach Thomas, one of the best players in the nation that no one is talking about, had 23 points. And kudos to Bucknell and the Bison. Just a, This is four straight Patriot League regular season titles for this particular season, uh, for this particular senior class. Are you even kidding me? If you are a student athlete in any sport in college athletics, this is what you hope to do with your teammates. You hope to have sustained success and championship after championship. Bucknell, congratulations. And hey, let's not sleep on Navy. Navy is one win away from a 20-win season. And that would be the first 20-win season they've had in almost 20 years. So midshipmen, we're rooting for you to get that 20-win season and be eligible for postseason play. Bucknell, continue doing your thing. Bucknell is now 15-2 in conference. Navy, 10-7 in conference. How about we head out to the Valley, right? Loyola Chicago, you heard Brad Evans, Yahoo Noise, chat with Mike about a possible Sweet 16 for the Ramblers. Are you joking me? Maybe not. Loyola wins over Southern Illinois. This win puts Loyola at 14-3 in conference and 24-5 overall. It is their first title in almost 30 years. The last time they won a title, they were in the MCC. What? Man, totally impressive. Loyola Chicago, keep balling out. Look, now that they're healthy, this Sweet 16 makes sense. This championship makes sense. Early on, didn't have their backcourt healthy. They got everybody back now. They are regular season champs. And Valley is always one of the conference that gets started early. So you want to see if they can get the automatic bid. Or maybe if they make the championship game and then stumble, are they still a live team for an, for an at-large bid? Interesting to see moving forward. Let's head to the Big South. Winthrop and UNC Asheville. UNC Asheville goes into first place with a big win over Winthrop. Xavier, Cook, Xavier Cooks and uh, Winthrop could not get the job done on the road. They were riding a five-game winning streak, so they came in hot. But the win leaves Asheville at 13-4, 20-10 overall. Loss leaves Winthrop 18-10, 12-5 overall. Ash, uh, Asheville now in first place with one game to play. So their destiny is in their hands. Jonathan uh, Jonathan Bakker had a double-double. Uh, Macy Oteague had 23 points. Ahmed Thomas, 21 points. Man, Asheville is balling out. Want to see what happens at the end of the Big South. But big win for Asheville over Winthrop. And let's head down to the Summit. Summit had one of the biggest showdowns on Thursday evening this week. South Dakota heads to South Dakota State. Jackrabbits get the win. Mike Dom balls out. 20 points, 12 rebounds. Our guy, freshman David Jenkins Jr. pitches in with 18 points. Big shot down the stretch in our you know, vet and life are retelling Houston 13 points. South Dakota came in with a six-game winning streak to this game, but South Dakota State gets the win and wins the title outright during the regular season. 
The win leaves South Dakota State 24-6, and 12-1 in conference. And guess what? That's 20 straight home wins for the Jackrabbits. Kudos to South Dakota State. Cool to see Mike Dom getting a little press. Mm-hmm. Hope that more people talk about this moving forward. Let's do some quick check-ins. You mind if we do some quick check-ins? Gonzaga, mm-hmm. nice win on the road against San Diego and a really well-coached team. San Diego does play well on defensive end and are tough in their arena. They win 72, uh, 77-72. Really like the lineup that they had out with Jonathan Williams, Rui Hachimura, and Tilly. With three, that was like an NBA front line. Uh, and then they had Perkins and Melson, Norvell, Kispert kind of rotating in the backcourt. But I think that gives Gonzaga some versatility in March, and it also provides them with the bigs and the athleticism that they need to defend and offensive rebound. Really like what Gonzaga's doing. How about Nevada? Want to check in with Nevada, see how they're doing with no point guard, no center? Oh, 80-67 win over San Jose State. Now listen, San Jose State is nothing to sneeze at. Um, They do not have the finest record, but couple things that you pay attention to here. Seems like they got through fine with no point guard. If you know a team doesn't have a point guard, you might you know, attack them, press them at the point of attack, maybe make them uncomfortable. That didn't happen here. Kendall Stevens, Purdue transfer, went for 30 points. Dude put up a ton of three-pointers. Looked like every time he put it up, it was going straight through the rim. Holy smokes. New Mexico State gets a 78-62 win over Chicago State. Very similar situation to Nevada here. Chicago State. Not a very live team in conference, but they do win. Um, so New Mexico State gets back on the winning side. Belmont, uh, Belmont and Murray State, definitely worth paying attention to after Belmont loses to Jacksonville State. So interesting developments there in the Ohio Valley. And, of course, we want to check in with Florida Gulf Coast. They get a 76-60 win. Are they, they are now firmly the number one seed in the A-Sun tournament. So, Friday night's games, again, we're, we're recording the pod here on, on Friday, so it's going to be tough to take a look at these games while we're podding. But mm-hmm. we want to take a look at Northern Kentucky and UIC. It's first place versus third place. Totally important game in conference. Also want to give a little attention to Dayton at URI. Now, Dayton is very live at home on the road. They've been very average at best. But you want to see how URI does uh, – seeing if they can close out the A-10 regular season title at home. Of course, we've got to check in with the Ivy. Shout out to Dr. Tony. We've got Harvard at Princeton. Princeton, totally on the slide. Harvard, totally on a win streak. Somehow, Princeton is favored. Fishy line? Yeah, we think so. We think Harvard and Towns are going to win on the road here. But don't be surprised. Princeton is strong. They do have players. They played well early. But I think Harvard gets a good win on the road here in the Ivy. And, of course, we've got to talk about Wolford, East Tennessee State. We talked about the Southern a little bit earlier, how uh, UNCG is now live in that conference. If Wolford can pull up the upset on the road against East Tennessee State, then East Tennessee State might be in a battle with UNCG moving forward. So you want to see if Fletcher McGee can go off on a Friday night framed game against one of the top mid-majors in the country, East Tennessee State. Steve Forbes. Yo, I got next. Yo, we're stretching out on the side. Gus got next. Doing some trunk twists, stretching out our calves, getting things ready. I got next. Here's my squad. And again, on Gus got next, we're going to highlight three or four players 
And we're going to build a squad that's going to stay on all week on the blacktop or at the Y. You know what? We're not getting off. Yeah, loser gets off. We're winning all week. We're dominating. Here's my squad. Told you we'd talk about Fletcher McGee a little bit later. Guard from Woford, 45 points, 11 made threes. Holy smokes. Are you even kidding me? What does that even mean? Is he going to have a similar performance against East Tennessee State later on this evening? We will see. But, yo, don't leave this guy open. Fletcher McGee, Woford. Yo, you know who else I got? I got Reed Timmer from Drake. Executes a Trayvon Blewett-ish four-point play with under three seconds to play for the win for Drake in a 67-63 win over Missouri State in the Valley. Yo, we, we got a last possession or final possession where the game's on the line. You know, we're going to use Fletcher McGee as a decoy, and we're going to get the ball to Reed Timmer. He's going to can it home. That's for sure. You want some versatility? Guess what? We got versatile players on our squad this week. We got Isaac Fleming, 6'3", junior from East Carolina. He only put up a triple-double this week, 13-10-10. Yeah, the Hawaii transfer, that's the second triple-double of the season for uh, for East Carolina. So don't worry. We need some ball handling. We need some rebounding. We're going to... We're gonna, we're going to kick it to Fleming, and we're going to say, yo, take care of your business. Go put up some numbers. Fill up that stat sheet. And as much as we'd like on our squad, and we've already had, you know, Keith, ba- Keith Braxton, St. Francis. We've already had Grant Riller. Braxton puts up 27 this week. Riller had another 30 this week. You know where we're going to go? We're going to go out west. You know, we're going to take six-foot senior Victor Joseph from Cal Poly. Mustangs, he went off for a season-high 36 points in a double OT thriller over use uh, CSU Northridge. Victor Joseph, you are on the squad. We are running. We ain't getting off until next week. Because you know who we got? We got Fletcher McGee canning some threes from the outside. Got Reed Timmer, late game situation from Drake. Going to give it to him if we get in a, a tensest moment, you know, game point situation. Isaac Fleming from East Carolina, you know, he's going to take care of his business and put up some numbers and fill up the stat sheet. Victor Joseph, He's going to do a little bit of everything. We need to score, you know, mid-game. We're going to give it to him. He went for 36 for the Mustangs and Cal Poly. Yeah, that's my squad. We got next. We ain't getting off till next week. All right. Usually we do a little Dr. Trivia, uh, Dr. Tony Trivia a little bit early, but uh, we decided to do that after Gus got next. Um, we just want to give a shout-out to Adam. Adam did not leave a location where he was emailing from, but Adam told us last week via email, and again, if you'd like to play along with the with the podcast for Dr. Tony Trivia, please hit us up on email, sdspodcast at gmail.com. question we asked last week was, name the coaching tree. We gave you the branches. Tell us the trunk. We said John Grossi, Archie Miller, Brad Stevens, Sean Miller, and Adam thankfully got Thad Mata. He was the first one to respond with uh, the proper answer, and we're going to stick with the coaching tree question. Okay. Thank you, Adam. Ahoy. Shout out out there. Keep doing your thing. Thank you for listening in. Totally appreciate you uh, collaborating and, and contributing to the podcast. Thanks, Adam. Cheers. Ahoy. Okay. So next coaching tree. Ready? How about Bruiser Flint, Derek Kellogg, and Josh Pastner? Bruiser Flint, Derek Kellogg, Josh Pastner. I think this one's a little bit easier than the first one, but... Uh, you, you know the answer. You know the the, the you know the root of the tree. Uh, please email us, scspodcast at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Looking forward to some, reading some more answers later on this week. So there's your Dr. Trivia, uh, Dr. Tony trivia question for the week. And uh, fans, I think we'll get uh, we'll get you out of here on two other things. Number one, 
got two things to talk about as far as the FBI release spreadsheet, meals and dollars and all those things. So a couple things here. Number one, amateurism. The reason that this is an issue is because there are poor rules attached to the NCAA due to amateurism. Uh, they're married to these rules that are archaic and, uh, and foreign and, and, and just out of date. Go with the Olympic model. The Olympic model will keep you out of any Title IX situation that you are fearing and that you think will affect the other sports that are under the NCAA umbrella. So I suggest that they take a look at the Olympic model and the Olympic model uh, for amateurism uh, or, or eligibility. Athletes are, guess what? They can go get endorsements. Guess what they can do? They can go earn money. Guess what they can do? They can get paid. Guess what they can do? They can compete as well. There's a way to do it. The NCAA is just choosing not to do it that way. And that's why these rules are labeled as broken. Sure, did schools, agents, money launderers, runners break rules? Yeah, they broke rules because the rules are broke. They're the wrong rules. So step one, change the rules for amateurism and what you, what you label as a eligible student athlete. Here's why. Step two, this is a tricky situation because not all student athletes fall under this particular umbrella. But college basketball athletes do. College football student athletes do not. Uh, other sports do not. So the first thing I'm gonna do is try to delineate and differentiate between those two. If we take a look at how long a professional football career lasts, we know that it is three to four years. If we take a look at how long a basketball career lasts, we know that the we know that it's a little bit longer and a little bit more well paid during that time. So the market value for a college basketball player is a bit higher than it is for a college football player. And why not allow that college basketball player to garner some of his market value or her market value? if she you know, is an unbelievable student athlete and plays at a high-level program uh, such as South Carolina or UConn. The market value for a freshman or one-and-done is unbelievably high because any lottery pick is worth $4 million over four years over their initial rookie contract. And then if you just hit the fast-forward button four years, Obviously, each team will take that uh, team option year on the cheap and then try to sign their own athlete, their own player at a uh, Joel Embiid type contract, which is over $100 million. So you're telling me, college, uh, college sports, that you're going to attempt to keep money out of these players' hands, pockets, purses, however you want to put it, for a year. For a sport that makes over, makes billions of dollars, B, B, billions, not millions, billions of dollars. So that's what we're going to squabble over. These players on the open market are worth millions of dollars. And you're going to squabble over a couple of thousand? No. Change the amateurism rule. 
allow these players to operate under the Olympic model where they can go out and get shoe contracts. They can go out and go to a car dealership. They can go out and be on a poster and get paid for some sort of promotion. That's what needs to be allowed. The rules that are being broke are broken. Let's fix them. First step, change the amateurism rule. That's what we need to do. Start there, and then we can move forward. Then we can decide how much we're going to pay the players, what they're allowed to get, so on and so on. But until we change that part of the ruling, we're not going to get anywhere. And no offense, Mark Emmert, you're not, you're not the man for the job. Let's get somebody else in there. Let's get a committee in there that is not invested and not part of the problem. Sound good? Let's start there and then move forward. Uh, thanks, listeners. Thanks for letting me uh, get on the soapbox for a bit. Get you out of here on a little game preview for Saturday. Sound good, folks? And again, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, listeners. Mike and I are so appreciative that you guys give us part of your week. We, that you allow us to enter your basketball mind and then influence your decisions, whether it be gambling or bracket-wise. And, and we're, we're honored that you know we're part of your mental Rolodex as far as college basketball goes. So thank you, thank you again, listeners. We're totally appreciative of you guys tuning in and, and giving Mike and I uh, you know, part of your busy week. So thank you. Uh, how about number 17, Michigan at Maryland? You think... Uh, you think Diamond Stone uh, and his static uh, affect that program at all? I don't think so. But I also don't think that Michigan's going to have any problem here. So give me Michigan big over Maryland, even on the road. Uh, how about Seton Hall and St. John's? Man, I don't know if you, you, you saw, but locally here in New Jersey, there's a giant article uh, from uh, NJ Media that is kind of damning for Seton Hall and, 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 and Ke- Coach Kevin Willard and you know, him being part of the unfortunate uh, coaching tree that has already, you know, been one of the fallen soldiers for this FBI investigation. I think St. John's rolls here. I don't know. You know, Mike has talked over and over again how he doesn't like, you know, Willard and the way he runs his program. You root for those student athletes, but at the same time, maybe St. John's gets on a little roll here. And you you heard John Gassaway and how he's rooting for St. John's to to make a run in the tournament, uh, you know, biggest tournament and make it in because he thinks they're really unique. So I think that uniqueness and Seton Hall's like fog over their program plays out here. Give me, give us, give us St. John's here at home. How about number 19, Tennessee and Old Miss, Old Miss with their, with their coaching uh, instability and, and, and Tennessee just continuing to do their thing. Give me Grant Williams. Give me number 19, Tennessee. They're going to out-effort Old Miss, and that's what they do when they get their big wins. They out-effort teams. How about number 13, Wichita State, going to SMU? Under normal circumstances, you would be like, oh, man, this is a great game. Hey, guess what? No shake? They got no chance. As much as I'd love to see Coach Jankovic uh, pull together some sort of game plan to defeat number 13, Wichita State, if he doesn't have the, you know, what I think is the best player in the conference, I, I don't think they have much of a chance. So give me Wichita State on the road here. How about number three, Nova going to Creighton? I I like Nova big here. You know, you heard John and I talk about how creative and how efficient Nova is on the offensive end. I I don't see any. uh, That's how Creighton plays. They want to get up and down. So I think Creighton kind of plays into their hands here. And uh, give me Nova big here. How about K-State and Oklahoma? Man, Oklahoma on the schneid, huh? Think K-State can get a a road win here? Think Oklahoma writes the ship? I'm going to go Lon Kruger is going to coach this one up. And he knows that his team is desperate for a win. 
I'm going to say they're a little bit off the spotlight now. So give me Oklahoma at home. How about number six, Gonzaga at BYU? I think Gonzaga follows up their nice road win with another road win uh, at San Diego. I think so. I think BYU wants to get up and down and score buckets. And guess what? You heard John Gassaway say that you know they're, they're shooting a few more threes. And, and I really like their lineup uh, that they have going and their rotation. So give me Gonzaga really big here. I think I like Gonzaga as much as I like uh, Michigan uh, at Maryland. How about Mizzou and Kentucky? Two teams that are, you know, middling in the six to eight range as far as March sheetings go. This game could really put one solidly in the tournament and a loss could put the other one, you know, in that eight, nine, ten range, maybe in that playing game range. So you want to see what happens in this game. I'm going to say give me the home team. I know that Kentucky was named in this and, and you know, maybe the, the influence of Porter participating in practice at the end of the week this week gives Mizzou a little shot in the arm. But I'm going to still say give me Kentucky at home. How about number 12, Auburn going to Florida? Careful, Auburn. I kind of like Florida getting right in this game. I think Auburn has gotten through a couple of these uh, games unscathed. I think this is where they get tripped up. So I like Florida at home here. And how about our number 14, Arizona at Oregon? No Trier. And by the way, do you think like part of this like failed drug test thing is maybe like he's part of this in a bigger way of the FBI thing in a much bigger fold? Do you think maybe he's like the lead dog as far as like what's happening? Or do you think this is just like another like miscue on his part where he just I don't even know what to say about two failed drug tests. Like, when does this even happen? I'm not even sure, especially when you're a top-level player like like Trier. I don't get it. So I, I think that, you know, they got exposed a little bit with uh, Oregon State. So I say give me Oregon at home because they are desperate for a win and think that they might actually get to the tournament. So there you go, listeners. We just want to say thank you. Thank you for tuning in. We want to say uh, don't forget to give the show a, a nice review and maybe uh, leave a little uh, word uh, review in Word. That'd be great. Uh, follow the podcast at SDS Podcast. Uh, efficiency of keystrokes, of course. And don't forget to give Mike a follow at Randall Rant. And listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you're enjoying the mid-major podcasts. Uh, we're going to give you a few more as uh, some more brackets uh, take hold and come to fruition uh, in those mid-major tournaments. So we'll make sure we hit you up a couple other times before March starts. And... Thank you so much. Cheers. Salacha. Ratsubasia. Arigato. I'm addicted to the appetite.